Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We wish to thank you for coming to the auditorium of AccessibleWorld.org. The date is March 23, 2010. And we, along with Talking Communities, are hosting this memorial service to remember a great man, George Byes. We know that we have a number of people who wish to speak, and we thank you all so much for being here this evening. For the invocation, it is my great privilege and honor to introduce my friend, the Reverend Ben Watson, Supervisor of Alternative Media for Source of Light Ministries, Madison, Georgia. Ben, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Bob. It is a privilege for me to share in this service this evening. Though I never met George, it was a, uh, his contribution was huge in what I do. Let's pray together, if you will join me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we've gathered together to remember the life and ministry of our friend George Byes. We thank you for his contribution to each one of our lives. To some, he was a dear and cherished friend and colleague, and to others, he was the provider of a service that has edified, informed, and entertained us. In some way, he touched all our lives. As we remember his contribution to our lives, may the remembrance spur us to do what we can in our individual spheres of endeavor. We ask that you will bless this time together and grant that while we sorrow, that we may also be encouraged. We ask these favors in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Reverend. We appreciate that very much. Ladies and gentlemen, on February 1, 2009, I felt like Robert E. Lee, for I lost my right arm and dearest friend, Pat Price. And before I forget, Marvin Price, whom I just spoke to, sends his love and condolences to the Bice family. For Pat and Marv love George very much and remember the all-night discussions of books and other things and how they could help blind people. I didn't know what I would be doing. How can one man run this great accessible world and do it in a competent manner? And I thought, Pat, what am I going to do? And I rallied a great team around me and were trying to carry on the work of George and Pat. One day I got a phone call not too, too long after Pat's death, and it was from George Bice. And he said, Bob, you, we know each other. I'm here to help you all the way. If there's anything I can do, all you have to do is call me. Little did he know that I would call him and say, George, the server's not working or something. I'll take care of it. And he did. Or I'd say, George, I'd like to do this. What do you think? And sometimes he'd say, great. And other times he'd say, I don't, I don't think so. But he was always so very, very honest with me. Yes, we're grieving. We're grieving because we can't take these hits in the blind community or anywhere. But George wouldn't want us to grieve too long. The show must go on, and he would want us to celebrate his great life. We will always remember you, George, and we will celebrate your great life. And in conclusion, I wish to say, in the words because I think it exemplifies George Byers. In the words of the late Senator Robert F. Kennedy, 
Some men dare to dream. Some men dare to make the impossible possible. George had a vision. He made a difference in the lives of blind and sighted people alike. And he would be so proud to look down at this time. I know he isn't smiling and saying this is a truly accessible world because it's accessible for sighted and blind and disabled alike. And we've got to do more for the deafblind, and we will in talking communities. I bless you, George. You will never be forgotten. Thank you. And now I would like to introduce David Piranazar of Safe Surf Business, part, and he is a partner and friend of George Buys. David, the microphone is yours. I first spoke with George when I approached him about our Same Surf project. And from the very beginning, George epitomized the true meanings of the words perseverance, optimism, and love. George had great love for his family, love for his craft, love for those with whom he worked, and most of all, love for life. On our very first conversation, George told me about his entire life, his background, his trials and tribulations, his triumphs, and his work ethic. I knew instantly that we were in good hands with George. His honesty and his personability shone through right away, loud and clear. After that first conversation, George and I developed a genuine friendship. It started out speaking about our project and quickly moved into conversations that were filled with stories, fun interplay, and of course, singing. I think George sang at least half a dozen songs for me and for my wife over the past year. I won't forget any of those songs. I won't forget his lessons. I won't forget you, George. You told me on our last conversation just a couple days before you passed that you loved me. That was an honor. Well, George, I love you. We love you. We will always remember you. May you always rest in peace. God bless. Thank you, David. And now it's my privilege to introduce Tom Peters, chairman of Opal and a dear friend to us all. Tom, the microphone is yours. Thanks much, Bob. I first met George back in 2003. I met him online. Never met him. But George was one of those people that, after five minutes speaking with him, he felt, I felt like I'd known him all my life. He was a great supporter of Opal throughout all, the, all these years. And I was trying to think of a phrase to describe George, and I kept coming back to grounded optimism. He was always optimistic, always upbeat, but also very grounded, very early. And I had a great opportunity back in December to interview George online and uh, added it to the Opal Archive, and I'm going to put in a public text uh, chat here the URL to take you to that interview. Um, Very moving now to hear George uh, tell about his life in that interview just a few short months ago. So we're going to miss I'm going to miss it immensely, and I know everyone is. Thanks much. Tom, could you read the URL, please, for recording purposes? Yes, it's www.opal.com hyphen online dot org forward slash archive interviews that's one word archive interviews dot htm again it's www.opal hyphen online dot org forward slash archive interviews dot htm thanks thank you tom
And now it is truly my great honor to introduce Mr. Steve Hoffman, the president and co-founder of Talking Communities. <clears throat> Thanks, Bob. Um, a few months ago, uh, George recorded a kind of self-eulogy for in the event uh, of his death. And I'm going to start off by um, playing that video for you now. And um, I'll keep my mic locked, but I'll disable my microphone and uh, play the video and then come back and talk a little bit. George Biden and you know I've had a wonderful life kind of a weird life in a way I uh, kind of made some wrong turns in my life and I hurt a lot of people at one time and I would like to let you know that I didn't mean to hurt you. I just, it was the only way I could cope with life, I guess, at that time. But I'm not that same person anymore. I, I got changed. That's because of That's because of a heavenly father and a guy named Jesus. I don't know how it all works, but somehow he took a piece of crap and he turned it into a pretty special guy. Son, I want to tell you something right now. I'm proud of you. I adore you. You're my best friend. I know you're going to miss me. Don't worry about it. I'm in a better place. I got a mansion and some treasures to look through. And your grandbabies? I love you. Do your best. Grow up. Dream your dreams. Make them come true. Just about every dream I've ever did myself has came true. In fact, this is one of my dreams that are coming true. I'm doing my own funeral. I like to talk. I'm getting the last word. 
to all you other people out there. Too numerous to num number me. You believed in me. You know, you just believed in me. That's all it took. It's a little bit of belief. And you rose me up to become something better than it was before. I don't get any credit for any of this stuff. It's you guys that made me anything any good. And I want to thank you for it. I know you're all going to miss me. But the way I look at it is I'll be in a better place. They may even have better internet over there, okay? Excuse me. I'm a little demonstrative. I, I cry a little bit, okay? I'm crying because I'm happy. You know why? Because I got people like you. I know it's going to be a little bit painful for you. Because you're going to miss me. But I'll see you on the other side. So I've got one last thing to say. Kind of something like Jimmy Durante would say. Good night, Mrs. Calabash. Wherever you are. See you on the other side, folks. Cut. George said um, he struggled with a lot of demons in his life. Um, some of those, like the, the cigarettes and the depression, um, he struggled with, you know, right up to the end. And I didn't have the opportunity to know George during those years that he, was str that he struggled with alcohol. Um, by the time I met George, he had overcome that addiction and was really pushing his life in a, in a positive direction. But having recently lost a family member myself um, from alcoholism, uh, just this last December, and having gone through her struggle with the addiction for years, I, I really truly understand completely what George and all those around him went through during those years. Um, you know, alcoholism is just one of those addictions that destroys it, not only the person that has the addiction, but everybody around that person. And I know George gives all the credit to God and uh, the people that supported him. And no doubt, you know, he would not have been able to overcome that demon in his life without God and the support of his family and friends. But I also know that just God and support alone is not enough. Um, I know this from personal experience, and it really is only because of George's incredible strength and his determination 
and his sheer will to do something better with his life that he was able to come out of that gutter and really turn his life around. And I have such tremendous admiration for how he was able to not only overcome those demons and all the other obstacles that were in his life, but to do something great and to help so many people along the way. Um, I met George online, as most people <laughs> in his life did, um, when I was living down in Brazil back in uh, 2001. Um, at that time, I was in my third or fourth attempt um, over an eight-year period of trying to build my own business uh, down in Brazil. And, you know, I had a dream. Um, I wanted to own my own business, and I wanted to provide for my family and have the opportunity and the flexibility to spend time with my family and do the things that I wanted to do. Well, um, for this third or fourth time down there, it wasn't working out. Um, and my wife and I at that time decided that we were going to move back to the United States. Um, and I was going to set that dream aside for a while and get a job and, and get some stability in our lives. Well, in 2002, I did come back, um, but I, once again, I started my own business um, because George had talked me into creating Talking Communities together. So he and I began this relationship. Um, started out as a friendship, and, and now it was a business partnership. And, um, you know, I've said this many times recently, but George was really an incredible master of creating relationships. And I think I only really figured out why um, very recently, like within the last couple of months. It's because while, you know, most of us, when we create a relationship, we try to make it as equal as possible. I mean, that's what we strive for is this equality in relationships. But George always strived to make them unequal. Uh, he always tried to make sure that you got more out of the relationship than he did. He always tried to give more than he got. And I think that's why people were so drawn to him. Um, you know, I'm certain we're going to hear a lot of stories here tonight, and I know for a fact that a lot of people are going to talk about how George gave them more than they gave back and, and really gave them, uh, you know, some of them the entire essence of their life. Um, George told me very often that he thought of me like a son. And, yeah... George was a, a father-type figure to me, but he was also my partner, he was my mentor, my friend, and in all of that, in all of those roles that he played, he always gave me more than I ever gave back. And I know in my heart, I should have been a better friend to him, especially in the last months. But George just wouldn't have that. I mean, that's the way he was. So, you know, I, in our relationship, I gave what I thought was best. You know, I worked my butt off for the company. I gave my blood and sweat and tears. And, you know, we'd have our occasional knockdown, drag out arguments. And, um, you know, I, I gave what, what I could to our business and to our friendship. And, you know, George, well... He gave me my dream. You know, today I have everything that I wanted. I have my company. 
I that I can run from home. Um, I was able to stay home and raise my son. I can provide for my family. We take our trips down to Brazil once a year. And it's all because of George that today I'm living my dream. So, you know, how do you thank someone for something like that? You know, forget about trying to repay. How do you even thank someone for giving you your dream? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I guess all I can say is thank you, George. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, partner. I'm going to show uh, another video now that I put together for George um, with the help of, of Jeannie, his sister. Um, we put together some, some pictures and to uh, some of the songs that George loved to sing. So, um, and, it, and it is, uh, I did put some, uh, for the blind people, some uh, description within the video as well. So, um, let's just sit back and uh, enjoy some of uh, George's favorite songs. A tribute to George Five. It's all showbiz. Let's make me a movie star. Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen. Now this is where us movie stars have to go through. You think it's easy? Look, well, to look as good as I look, it takes 20 people. One-year-old George sitting at the piano. George sitting with Dad on the lawn. George in his crib looking much wiser than his 15 months. George toasting us with a mug of chocolate milk. George with his guide dog. George in his Panama hat. Looking off in the distance wondering what the future holds. Sitting comfortably with his guide dog, Trucky. On the phone communicating with one of his many friends. Sitting on daddy's knee. George admiring himself in his Indiana Jones hat. Six-year-old Georgie on his Sunday bath. Sixty-year-old Georgie at work. Little man learning to walk. But that's all show business. There's no business like show business. No business I know. Ba 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 ba. George with Trucky and his elderly dad. Mom, dad, two older sisters, and little Georgie Porgy. Portrait of father and nine-year-old son George. Family trip. Dad, mom, and George, the new teenager. George in junior high. Fishing with mom. George, the young man. Recent family time with sisters and brothers-in-law. Proud grandpa George with his son Ed and offspring. George at home. The speaker 
holding forth. George and family. The lovable, grizzled veteran of life. George and his dog, Trucky, at the fountain of life. The showman balancing on one leg. Little brother grown up with elderly sisters. Grandpa, George, holding grandchild with pride. George, the student. Attending to the needs of grandbaby. A tip of the hat to all his friends. I think I got a little hair in my nose. <laughs> Might think that's funny. Here's the thing about when you get older. Hair grows everywhere but it's supposed to. Out of your ears, out of your nose. It's ridiculous. Tell me why that happens. You know? Because women have to have childbirth. You guys have to suffer with hair. Okay, you win. Zippity doo da, zippity yay. My oh my, what a wonderful day! Plenty of sunshine hidden my way. Zippity doo da, zippity yay. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactory. Zippity doo dah. Zippity yay. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Okay, Bob, I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you, Steve, for those heartfelt words, the lovely presentation, and thank you, thank you for the description. Our next group of people are customers, business partners, friends, and caregivers. And first, we have Ellen Troyer, Chief Research Officer for Biocentrics. Ellen, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Bob and Steve. I loved those videos. George was such a charming man, and I will really miss him a lot. 
Uh, Vice President Joe Biden used a line today from a 900 B.C. Roman poet, Virgil, when he introduced President Obama before he signed the 2010 health care reform bill. The line read, health is wealth. Our dear friend George was not really blessed with a lot of health wealth, but if all the folks gathered here in cyberspace tonight speak to the difference he made in so many people's lives, George was really blessed with the wealth of friendship. Do you suppose John Lennon had a man like George in mind when he wrote, I get by with the help of my friends? Well, probably not, but I know how grateful George was for, was for the many friends and business associates who are gathered here to celebrate his amazing life. I actually never met George in person, and I believe one other person has already said that. We became telephone and email friends a number of years ago when we were working on an international live online macular degeneration conference with Dan Roberts and Lou Lipschultz. Dan is the director owner of the largest online community of low vision patients and Lou is an entrepreneurial eye doctor and they're both really good men and George told me that. Phone calls from George were always great fun for me. He got in touch almost daily when he moved to Hollywood to pitch his good news channel to cable TV executives. They didn't bite, but I still think it's a grand idea. George and I both love music, and he would frequently call to see if I'd heard a new tune that he particularly liked. He also had an interesting way of calling on Thursday evenings when I was frantically trying to finish an online column that I'd written for years for eye doctors and low vision patients called Friday Pearls. I'm not exactly the most proficient web person, and I usually have some problems making my Friday column layout look perfect. On more than a few occasions, George would talk me through some Thursday night fixes on that column. He never once did that without making this comment. Something is terribly wrong with this picture, Troyer. The blind man is helping the blonde with layout design. Buddha taught his followers that an idea developed and put into action is far more important than an idea that exists only as an idea. George Buys put his ideas into action, and I'm ever so grateful that I had the pleasure of knowing him. I hope he's fully sighted in steel guitar heaven, organizing celestial music gigs for beautiful angels who will become his fans if they aren't already. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. And now it's my uh, privilege to introduce Professor Norm Coombs of Equal Access to Software and Information, Dr. Coombs. Hi, I'm glad I can be part of this. It's a real privilege. I think I've known George for almost 20 years. Uh, he got me interested in using the internet for live transmission of information. We started off with something called Vox Chat, if my memory goes back that far. And then he dragged me along with him into Chatterbox and then into iVocalize. And now the best one of all is TC conferencing. 
He supported the work that I do trying to help colleges and universities make their systems more accessible for people with disabilities. And without his providing these services, uh, what I do would be minuscule compared to what I've been able to do now. So I really appreciate it. It's one of the things that I had trouble understanding. He kept telling me how much he owed to me and all that I'd done for him. Uh, and I kept trying to figure out, what is he talking about? He's doing all this stuff for me and not demanding much back out of me except I'd be a friend and a colleague. So as Steve said, George liked to give away to others more than he took for himself. And that's been my experience with him. My last and best memory of George was uh, we like to do something on my birthday. And two or three years ago on my birthday, we thought, what do we do? I said, you know, I'd like to go to Palm Springs and see George. I never met him in person before then. Well, yes, I had once. But I thought this would be a thing to do special for my birthday. So we went up there. Palm Springs is hot in June. <laughs> and our shoes just about melted into the sidewalk. And then we went out and visited him where he was living out of the suburbs. And uh, he was still suffering health-wise then, using oxygen and sitting down most of the time. But he was cheery, positive, hopeful. And our last memory is, as we were driving away, he was sitting in the doorway, waving us goodbye till we see him again. And I wait till someday soon we see him in the doorway greeting us. Thank you. Thank you. Great stories. Our next friend is a true friend, as you all are, but a, a friend of Accessible World who's helped us a great deal with engineering. He is Bob Zwick, owner of CottageMicro.com, longtime friend, associate, and fellow traveler. Bob, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure. I'm so uplifted to be here with all of George's friends. Um, I met George back in the days when there was a new technology called uh, voice chat. And I had done a search and I found George. Well, I found audio tips and then I found George. And of course, George is the kind of person that um, if you talk to him, he pours his heart out. He tells everything, holds nothing back. He's honest. And, uh, so I, ju I was just overwhelmed with everything that George was doing, and, and I just had to become involved. So I became involved with jo George and talking communities and, and uh, <clears throat> building the new talking communities conferencing, working with Steve and Ruggiero, and I just loved it. I loved working with Accessible World and Pat Price and Norm and, and Bob and uh, meeting all these wonderful people. So uh, after I had known George for, oh, probably a year or more, he was uh, in California. He had moved from Michigan to California because he wanted to, to go into his production of the uh, Good News Show. But <coughs> it didn't work out, and, and he was destitute. He wanted to get back to Michigan. So I said, well, George, uh, I'll drive you if you've got a way. So... Up I went, and I flew out, thanks thanks to Steve and his, his air miles, he got me out there, and George had bought a, 
a little van, and I met him in California in a hotel room where he was living. And uh, oh, we were just we were just like brothers. As soon as I met him, we hugged and uh, talked and talked. And I, I'm sorry to say that we both smoked. And uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, we left California, and then from California, our journey started. And we stopped in Palm Springs, and I met his friends there. And uh, it just uh, it amazed me as we traveled from from California to Michigan that a blind person could tell me directions. He said, "Well, when you get to the hotel on the corner of Main Street, turn right, and that'll get you to the highway." And I said, "How in the world does a a blind man know where we are?" <laughs> George was just phenomenal in every way. So we we made it across the country. George had his his little uh, Sprint Wi-Fi, and he was in the rooms emailing and chatting as we drove down the highway. Just couldn't stay away from it. So, and uh, one other thing, you know, George made friends with people at the drop of a hat. We stopped in a restaurant, and he said something nice to a waitress, and she was just um, taken back. And he ordered a uh, hot fudge sundae, and it was the biggest hot fudge sundae I ever saw. It, it wasn't served in a little cup or a bowl. It was served on a plate, and it, was, it covered the whole plate and was overflowing. But that's the kind of impression that George made with a, with a person within a matter of minutes. People just loved him wherever he went. Along the trip, he introduced me to Indian sweetbread. I'd never tasted it. It was wonderful. And, of course, he always asked me to, uh, to describe things as we went by, the color of the trees, uh, the landscape, and things. And it was just a, a wonderful experience for me, for me to be able to explain to him what, what I was seeing. It was, uh, it made me more conscious of what was going on. So we, uh, we finally made it to Chicago, and um, thanks to Andy, we got us a nice apartment, and I stayed with George for a few days um, in Chicago before he went back to Detroit. The only thing was is there was no heat. The apartment hadn't had the electricity turned on, or it hadn't had the heat turned on, but we did have electricity. So we got one out and got a small electric space heater and put it in the middle of the living room, and I slept on the couch, and George had sleeping bags, and we just, <laughs> just like a sleepover with little kids, we just had a ball. <coughs> And then, uh, then my trip was over, and I, I caught the plane back to Dallas from from Chicago, and John uh, George got his uh, ride to um, Michigan. But it just goes to show you that uh, knowing George online is an experience that I'll never forget. Meeting him in person, I found a small man with a giant heart. I just love George. And I want to just say, in closing, George did so much for so many people 
I just hope and pray that we all pay it forward and do just one thing for one other person. And if we do that for the rest of our lives, George will always be at work. Thank you, George, for a wonderful few years of knowing you. And thank you all out there, because I've met a lot of you, and, and you've had a, an influence on my life. God bless you all. Thank you, Bob. And now we have Elaine Plant, a friend of George's from LaBelle, Quebec, Canada. Elaine, are you there? Elaine called me. It's Lauren here. Uh, Robert, uh, uh, Elaine called me a little while ago saying that he probably won't be into the room until a bit later. I do, however, have something here that uh, John Davin, another very good friend of George Byers, sent me. And with your permission, I'll uh, take a moment to read that, if you don't mind. Certainly, Lauren. Please do so. Okay, this is from uh, John Davin, a good friend of George Byers and uh, a fellow that worked with George Byers for a number of years. As many people have stated, they talked to George hundreds of times and for hours at a time, but never had met him in person. I was the same, but I recently was blessed to finally meet George in Springfield, Missouri, while George was in the hospital there just a few months ago. When I arrived in his room, I sat and watched him sitting in bed to make sure it was him and to compose myself. I had thought about it during the three-hour drive that this may be the first and only time we meet in person. I knew at least we would meet in heaven one day, but it was still difficult to walk through that door until I heard his voice. I knew it was George in bed because of his trademark gruff voice. I also knew it was him because of the missing fingers on his hands that he told me about in one of his stories. As we spent time together, I realized this truly was the George I had met online because I sat there with him. He made friends with the nurses and the doctor and had friends come in to visit after only having lived there for a short time. He enjoyed talking about talking communities business, that which he loved, and of course he shared his faith and was asking who he could pray for and how he could help them. What a great person to meet and try to emulate, in person or online. John Davin. Thank you, Lauren, for reading that love, those lovely remarks from John. Ladies and gentlemen, our next lady is an icon in work for the blind. She's an educator. She's the owner of Access Technology Institute. And I thank her for training so many wonderful accessibility officers, some of whom have tried to teach me computers and they haven't done too badly. Without further ado, I give you Kathy Ann Murtha. Thank you, Bob. George once told me that I was a great actress. And I'm going to try and get through this without betraying the actress that he believed was within me. George and I were best friends for, gosh, 16 years. And what Steve said was right. He did love giving the last word. He had this infectious laugh, you know, whenever he got one over on me. And I'd give anything to hear that today. We saw each other through so many highs and so many lows. 
we'd spend eight hours a day on the phone sometimes talking, sharing, laughing, and there was a lot of planning. I met George when he found the One Step Audio publisher. He called me and wanted to meet me because he heard of my tutorials. And he said the first time he heard my voice, I was so incredulous because it was, it was such a wonderful thing being able to hear somebody's voice. And we spent time sending one another voice messages via the Internet and spending 25 minutes of downloading them or an hour downloading them, depending on how long they were because we both had dial-up. He believed in helping to bring the best out in everyone. And out of One Step Audio Publisher evolved Audio Tips, ATI, and Talking Community. He helped me in so many ways, and he helped me achieve my dream, too. When I found myself unemployed, and I had like $100 in the bank on a Friday night, he told me I should teach online. And I told him he was crazy. He said that I should teach online. I said, shut up, George. You are nuts. Just go away. I'm not teaching online. I can't do it. It's not going to happen. And he said, you're going to teach online. And I said, how am I going to teach online? And he said, well, let's see. I have this voice chat. You have the talent. You can do it. And four days later, on May 8, 2000, I taught my first class online. And it was thanks to George giving me a chat room. Then about a year later, he told me I should teach trainers and certify them. And I said, nobody's going to come to me for training trainers. Are you freaking nuts, George? And he told me I could do it, and I said I couldn't. He said I could do it, and he said I could do it, I could do it. And I know I can't. Shut up. Go away. You're crazy. And about two weeks later, I advertised my first trainer's class. <laughs> when George saw potential in someone, he made it his personal mission to help them succeed. They only had to meet him halfway. Or like in my case, get so annoyed that they gave in. He used to drive me crazy because there were times that, you know, people would hurt or betray him. And I took that real person. I felt personally offended when George was hurt. And he had this thing he always did, and it drove me crazy. He'd say, God bless, insert name here. God bless that person. And I would say, George, what, what are you doing? You're not, why would you bless this person who just screwed you over? And he would say to me, who needs God's blessing more? I'm already blessed with what I have. This person obviously is lacking and needs God's blessing. And it would drive me crazy, but he would always do it. And I think, I think he did it sometimes just to annoy me. <laughs> he took such pride in his family and in the blind community, I heard so many stories about Ed. Ed, I feel like I know you. I feel like I know so much about you and your dreams and your aspirations and what you've done in your life and how proud your dad was of you and of his grandchildren. He loved audio tips. He loved talking communities and everybody that worked with him there. He was the most kind, caring, loving, gentle soul who could irritate me, annoy me, nudge me, push me, shove me and drive me absolutely crazy. And I loved him. And I will miss him more than I can say. He lives on in the work and that we do and in the lives that he touched. And Steve asked how we could repay George for all he gave us. I think he'd tell us to help somebody else achieve their dream. And as long as we strive to help others achieve their dreams, 
and my best friend will never be forgotten. Thank you for allowing me to speak and for bearing with me. And I'm sorry I wasn't such a great actress, Georgie. But I miss you, and I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Ann. You truly are a dear friend, and thank you for sharing those words with us. And now we have Debbie Windish, caregiver and friend of George's. Let's see. Are we going to hear Debbie? I think she had some mic issues. And Debbie, if you would like to write a comment on the, tech, on the text chat screen that we have up here, I'm sure Lauren will read it when he can. Uh, let's see. Let's try one more time to see if we can reach Debbie here. Okay, we're not we're not hearing you, Debbie. Please write your comment. We want to read. We will read it. Our next speaker is Victor Heredia, friend of George's and head of eLearning Institute. Victor. Hello. Uh, good evening. I am honored to be part of this memorial. Um, I had the privilege to collaborate with George Spice in 2001 almost 10 years ago. At the time I lived in Mexico, I was uh, I've been the head of the eLearning Institute uh, that worked, basically operates in Latin America. And in these 10 years, I went from being a very, very satisfied, satisfied customer to a very, very close friend of George. I now see that he had this amazing quality to have many best friends uh, out there. And later on, he became a, a true soul companion. Uh, in, in the first years, as I said, uh, our relationship was basically a vendor-client relationship. And I was always touched by his amazing heart. Uh, I always loved his vision. He was a visioner uh, and as an innovator and as an entrepreneur. Uh, we organized some incredible events such as Couple of events with Guangyal Rinpoche, uh, the head of the Bon Lineage, and we gathered more than 3,000 people connected in nearly 500 locations in 30 countries. It was it was amazing the kind of events, the kind of things that could be uh, produced and organized with uh, this technology. One thing that always amazed me was that I never felt that I was dealing or working or interacting with a blind person. There was no difference in the way he would operate through the Internet, and that, that always was amazing for me. We spent countless hours talking about God in, in his last months, about God, about life, about his life lessons, and, of course, about business, because he loved to talk about his ideas. He, he, he was a great entrepreneur. Uh, and in these last uh, months, I discovered an amazing compassion, tenderness, humility, uh, wisdom, and most especially, unconditional love. Uh, I must say that I, I never met him physically, uh, but that, this didn't make any difference. In fact, I think this allowed me to open myself in many other ways, to a very, very special um, relationship. 
I'm so proud of him because he completed his mission in this world. His highest mission was to transform himself into pure love, and he made it. Yes, you made it, George. And this is why you're my hero. You chose a very difficult path, path full with many joys, but also with a lot of suffering. And you, anyway, accomplished uh, this goal. And you were so kind, so tender to many of us. You were a true warrior. Uh, your lack of physical vision allowed you to see with the inner eye and the eye of the spirit. May your soul find perfect liberation and love. May I have your strength and courage. May you find the light always. May you illuminate the world from the spiritual world as you did, as I knew you in this world. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Victor, for those lovely words. And now we have Kevin Pugh, Talking Communities Tech Support for Blind Users. Kevin, are you here? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Um, uh, uh, that's an important word. Uh is an important word. The reason uh is an important word is because that is something that George did a lot. Uh, he tended to think faster than he could talk like most of us do. And he would want to say something and not have it put together in his mind. And he was, you know, constantly complaining. I need to straighten that out. No, you don't, George. You just need to be George. Uh, and he did a very good job of being George. Um... In regard to what Steve said earlier about uh, how do you thank somebody for um, making their dream come true, well, Kathy Ann was right. One way you thank them is to pass that ability that uh, to enable others to realize their dream. That's one way. Uh, several months back, maybe close to a year ago, um, George uh, called me on the phone. As everybody knows, George likes to like to talk on the phone. Um, and and he called and talked long enough that I was constantly hearing, put my phone back on the charger, you ran it down again, uh, which I did. Uh, I also learned to use the speakerphone because of George. Um, you know, we'd spend literally three, four, five, six, eight hours on the phone at a time. Um and I'd have to be switching phones <laughs> because the batteries on the cordless would go down. Um, 
but um, uh, in, in regard to how you think people uh, think George did, he told me when I asked him, "What do you think is going to happen with TC uh, when you're gone? You know what's going what's going to go on?" And he said, "I hope that Steve." Um, Steve takes it where we all want it to go. So, Steve, by by helping you realize your dream, he realized his own. And um, and he said that he wanted us to continue. Uh, to to expand upon his dream. Uh, so uh, I think we can all do that pretty well because of his help. Um, <clears throat> George had a few words, a few lines that he got to where he was saying them fairly often the last six or months or so. Um, it was interesting. Uh, he, he had, um, he got to where he was saying, what can I do for you? George would call me on the phone. The first time he did it, he called me on the phone I picked up the phone. And I said, "Hello." He said, "What can I do for you?" I said, "What? What can I do for you? What do you mean, George? You called me. What can I do for you?" He said, "No, that's what I want people to think. That's what I want people to remember. That that I was I was concerned with what I could do for them." Uh, everybody, well, not everybody, but several people have spoken about George's willingness to give more than he took. And sometimes that was hard to see, but then it became clear. Other times it was so easy to see it just stood out. Uh, George, as a few people have indicated, George struggled with uh, alcoholism um, for the first, uh, I don't know, first almost three quarters of his life. Oh, well, obviously not when he was a child, but you know what I mean. Um, and then um, he got his head right with help, and uh, and he walked away from the alcohol. I wish that he had uh, walked away from the cigarettes at the same time. 
And I would constantly say, George, you don't need another one. You you just put one out. Um, five year, even three years ago, George was probably smoking three three and a half packs a day. Oh. Uh, I wish I could have convinced him sooner. It may not have changed anything. I didn't convince him at all. Uh, his lungs convinced him, but I tried. And I'm sure other people did, too. And I'm also sure that George appreciated that. Kevin, I sincerely regret. Could you have another 30 seconds, please? We know that you're hurting. We love you for doing this. Let, let's give it another 30 seconds to wrap up, please. Okay, well, I didn't mean to take that long, even. Um, so, like I said, Steve, help George make his dream come true. That's the way to repay him. And uh, we miss George. We probably always will. And... Uh, what can we say? But we'll see you on the other side, George. Take care, my friend. If I can just interrupt for a moment here, Robert. Uh, I got a message from Steve that uh, uh, there's uh, uh, a speaker that needs to touch touch base with us bef before uh, the next scheduled one. And uh, uh, let me just check who that speaker is. Okay, the next speaker is Doug Firebar, Robert. And it's my privilege to introduce Reverend Doug Firebar, uh, George's minister, friend, confidant. Reverend, the microphone is yours. First off, I want to say what an honor it is to be here, and I won't be long, but uh, the video is my wife and I just sat here, and we just sat weeping. Uh, we lived about 30 minutes from George. And uh, we had several different dinners with him, uh, several different times we got together with him. And one of the things that he would always say is, hey, I can see better than you for a blind man. He'd always kind of say, how's your vision? And if there was one person that I would say probably inspired me more than anything else outside of my faith in God as well as uh, my dad, I would say it would have to be George. Not only did he make it possible for us to literally have Success Church online for the last four or five years and lead a lot of people to come and know the Lord, but, you know, just sitting in his presence was absolutely amazing. And we, we tried to be a blessing to him as well in many ways, and uh, some of you all know the, the stories. But the one thing I remember George saying all the time, he says, you've got to believe in your dreams. And one time I, uh, I was talking with him, and he said, hey, you're a little down today. I said, yeah, a little bit. Uh, he said, what's the matter? I said, well, this, that, and the other. And he said, well, let's take a look at this. And he picked it apart. And by the time that I got finished, 10 minutes later, by the time that I got finished talking to this, this brilliant man, I said, George, you see life better than me. And, you, and I'm the one with vision. He says, no, you're the one with sight. I'm the one with vision. And he started laughing just hysterically. And I just want you to know that my life has been touched literally eternally because of this unbelievable man. And, and the fact that, that my wife and I just sat here weeping because of those movies. 
I want to thank you all for allowing us to be a part of it. George was a huge part in our life. And the last time we talked with him, he basically said he was going home. But he said, I'll see you on the other side. And I do look forward to that. Now, my wife, Jody. Go ahead. I don't feel like I can put it to words, but I was just touched so deeply. And I didn't know him long, but um, I just want to share a couple things about George. He was precious, precious. And um, George and I prayed together a lot. He would call and just say, just pray for me. And it was such a privilege to be able to pray with him. And um, the very first time that I met him, we were in a restaurant, and I observed him with the waitress, and he fully engaged this waitress as though he could see her. And I really don't believe that she knew that he was blind because you couldn't tell because he would look at her with his eyes. And I just remember being amazed at how lovely and how edifying and how complimentary and and what an honorable man he was. He made people feel like a million dollars in person as well as online and over the telephone. But um, there was a scripture that came to me the very first time that I met him when I saw him with my natural eyes. His eyes were full of light and I could see white light in his eyes and immediately I said to him, George, there's a scripture and you can even see the light in his eyes in the videos and in the photographs online. But I said the scripture to him, I said, George, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. And that is Matthew 6 and 22. And immediately George responded to me. He said, well, you're not going to believe this. Um, when I first went blind, I was really upset with the Lord. And I kind of had a tantrum with the Lord. And all of a sudden, the most glorious light filled my entire inner body. My inner being was filled with a glorious light, and I had a great peace. And so I don't want to go too long, but that scripture just stunned me about George. Matthew 6 and 22, the eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. Lord, we just thank you for George. God bless you, George. I'm looking forward to a radical international harvest over the world wide web because of the seeds that you've sown into each one of our lives. God bless you all. Back to you. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless you, Reverend and Mrs. Firebaum, for those lovely, lovely words. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really a great privilege and honor for me at this time to introduce the former president of the American Council of the Blind, Mr. Paul Edwards. Paul, the microphone is yours. Bob, thank you so much. It's difficult to know exactly how to categorize George Buys. I never met him in person either. We only communicated online and on the telephone. And I think what I'd like to share with folks is my impressions of what George was after from us. Because clearly George wanted things from all of us with whom he interacted. 
in my case, what he wanted was to use what he called my, my mind and my ability to think out of the box. He demanded from me that I look at the technology that he developed and find some ways to use it. He said, I can make the space available to you, but I'll only do it if you can convince me that you have things to do with that technology that will make things better for people. One of the things that I started doing relatively soon was Tuesday Topics. And George and I talked about Tuesday Topics, and initially, Tuesday Topics wasn't a radio program on ACB Radio. It was simply an opportunity for people of goodwill to get together and talk about topics, many of which were controversial. I was interested in doing Tuesday Topics because at the time, the organization I love, the American Council of the Blind, was going through a time where it become, became a question as to whether free speech was really still possible. George Byes said to me that one of the things that he truly wanted was to enable free speech, free communication, and the communication of ideas. George said lots of other things to me that I could go on about for a long period of time, but I know there are many others who wish to speak. So let me say three things to close. One, George left to the community of blind people an immense gift. That is the gift of being, to being able to communicate with each other, no matter where we were, no matter whether we were rich or poor, with systems that for us uh, cost nothing. He equalized people, rich, poor, intelligent, unintelligent, and gave them all the opportunity to be heard and to speak. That's an immense gift. The second thing I want to say is that George valued and recognized innovation. His whole life over the last 20 years was to move a step beyond where everybody else was and then challenged us to join him there. And the third and final thing I want to say in closing is, George, you didn't go gentle into that good night. No. What you did was to go laughing into that good night, assured that there was a place for you, but more than that, assured that you'd created a place on this planet that was better for your having been here and created a place for all of us that was better for having known you. Goodbye, George. We all love you. We all care for you. And your memory will live on every time each of us holds down a control key. Bye, George. Thank you for those great words, Mr. President. We appreciate it. And now, Rachel, let's come back to you and see where you are, please. All right. Is this better? Yes, it's better. Please, please continue. Thank you, Bob. Um, I met George also only through online. Um, I regret immensely we made plans when he found his house in Missouri. I'm in Kansas. I'm about four hours drive away from him. 
and we kept making plans and plans to meet in person and it never came to fruition. But it never came to fruition because of George's um, ability to always put other people in front of him. And um, when I gotta get through this. Um, I'm, I'm also blind and um, I'm from Brazil and it was because I believed in my dreams that I came to the U.S. to study and to build a life myself. And um, as a blind person, I didn't have much trouble. And I always tried to strive and push myself. And I was very vicious. And I had never met another person that was blind and vicious and, and wanted to bring things to fruition, but not just for him, but for others. And that's when I found talking communities. And I met George, and immediately he brought me and board to work with many of you and to see and translate work with Jerry and Steve and uh, Lauren. And when, when he uh, when he found out what my dreams were, how much I loved uh, technology and how passionate I was about accessibility and how I wanted to study design and, and business. I'm very patient about business. He convinced me to go forward and go after dreams. I had just uh, lost my kids and gotten the transport. And for the first time in my life, I was very depressed. I wasn't ever going to be able to get anything done. And George uh, with me. I got to take on. I'm almost finished with my MBA and my master's in interactive design and technology development. And because of my studies, he would always go. We did walk enough when working together. And he would always call me to check on me, see how I was doing. And the last time that we really talked a long time was about, I don't know, three months ago. And I was really sad and depressed. Many things were happening in my life. and. Uh, what George did was, how can I help and why aren't you happy? And how can I make your dreams better? And I told him I was so sure I, I wanted to do this business. I was tired and I wanted to write all things. And he said, yeah, let's get a blog together and podcast. And I want you to in viral tweets. I said, I can't do that, George. I need to finish school. And, and he told me, well, we're done. I have all for you and we're going to work together. And, and he encouraged me to go to India, where I was this past break, and uh, then I was going to come this year, and he said, but it was too late. And all I can say is uh, that George helps people before, and he continues helping each other out now, because I will go forward and you know all that you required me to do, George, and we all miss you. Thank you, Rachel. And I know that George is looking down and he'll always watch over you. Our next speaker is a very good friend of us all, Mr. Clyde Foley, uh, Director of Tech Support, Talking Communities. Clyde, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Bob, and welcome, everybody. And it's really a pleasure for me to speak here tonight just for a few minutes. Uh, just the other day, a, a document got, came by my desk, and, and it said... Here's five questions we, you, I want you to ask. And, and the first one was, name the last five Heisman Trophy winners. Second one was, name the last five winners of the Miss America pageant. And the next one was, name ten people who have won the Nobel Prize or Pulitzer Prize. 
And then fourth question, name a half a dozen Academy Award winners for best actor and actresses in the last decade, and, and name the last decade's worth of World Series winners. And if I, look, I looked at that, I don't think I could put one name there. Then it gave me a set of five other questions. It said, list a few teachers who aided you in your journey through school. Name three friends who have helped you through life's difficult times. Name five people who have taught you something worthwhile. Think of just a few people who have made you feel and, and appreciated and, and special. And then the fifth question, think of five people you enjoy spending time with. George Byers will be one of those special people we will never forget. So if people would ask us any one of these last five questions, George, George's name would, would come to the list. Some of you may have only ever spent an hour or two with George, but in a brief moment, you experience his sincerity and his integrity. And you are here today to honor a wonderful man. Many of us likely never met George personally, and yet we develop very real, deep, personal relationships with him. This is something my wife cannot understand. She doesn't think that is possible. And to be honest with you, I don't really know if I truly understand it as well, but it was very real. I first met George four or five years ago, and since that time we have spoken often. Sometimes he'd call me at 6 in the morning, sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, and many times during the day. And I'm on the West Coast. So sometimes when he was calling me, it was well into the early hours of the next day that he was talking to me. He'd always ask me how I was doing, and it was always encouraging. This is a theme you'll hear throughout this celebration of his life today. I'd worked in the IT business for several years, and I'd heard about accessibility, but never really understood what it was all about. My association with talking communities, George's dream, and George's incredible tenacity has given me a great appreciation for how technology has benefited the disabled, something I would never have dreamed about several years before. And I would suggest today that perhaps me with real eyesight is the disabled person and people like George and people like you in the room today are the ones that really aren't disabled. It really is me. But when we would meet, we would usually spend some time discussing business and some of the issues we need to deal with, but almost always the conversation would switch to our common faith in our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and share our individual journeys in that relationship. It wasn't uncommon for George to say at the conclusion of the meeting, I'm the CEO, so I'm just going to do it. And he would pray. They were special times. Never in my 32 years with IBM did I have a CEO say at the end of a meeting, let's pray. But that was common for George. In the recent months as his health was deteriorating, he would, at the conclusion of the meeting, ask, will you pray for me? And that was a very special honor. On his birthday just recently, just three days before he passed away, several of us tried to call, set up a conference call and, and wish him a happy birthday. But we were not successful. He didn't answer the phone. Later that day, George did call me on Skype, and we tried to speak, but it was a lot of static on the line, and George had a lot of trouble speaking. I told him I'd call, back, call him back on his cell. And he said, do you mind waiting for an hour and call me in an hour? I said, sure. Little did I realize that that would do the last conversation I would have with him. I did call him an hour later. He didn't answer. I tried several times after that, and he didn't answer. I kept trying, and eventually his mailbox was full.
It's hard to believe that George is no longer with us. When I get a call on Skype today, I still wonder, perhaps it's George. But George is in a far better place today. He doesn't need to carry an oxygen bottle anymore. He has given up his earthly body with all its issues and problems and is completely healed. I don't know what he's doing right now, but I do know he's in the presence of the Heavenly Father he spoke so often about. And we will meet on the other side. George, it was indeed a great honor to have met you and to have shared in common dreams and ambitions. You taught me a lot in this brief period that we knew each other. Thank you. And we will meet each other on the other side. Michael, I'm going to just go into this, Bob. Uh, Michael Busboom can't make it today, but he did send us a recording of a message he wanted to leave with us. So I'm just going to go to my other computer and play that message for us right now. So I'll just I'll turn it on as we speak. My name is Mike Busboom, and I live in Vienna, Austria. I met George quite a few years ago now. I can't remember quite when it was, but I got to know him when I was introduced to the Talking Community software. I uh, needed uh, to ask some questions about it because I was looking for a solution that would allow conferences to be held over the Internet. And uh, the first time I spoke to George was on the phone, and I was immediately struck by his generosity, his willingness to just spend loads and loads of time with me on the phone, although at the time calls to the United States were still somewhat expensive. And although I was sort of in a hurry to get off the phone, uh, I didn't want to stop talking to him. He was a wealth of knowledge, and his um, software intrigued me. But I think the thing that interested me more was, you know, what kind of guy George was. He was extremely generous. And through the years, I've had several conversations with George, learned more about his life, and um, spoke with him about some of my own aspirations. And he always assured me that he was there for me, that he wanted to see my aspirations become a reality. So what I want to say about George is that he was a person of integrity. He was a person who was very, very, very honest, a person who always just seemed to go the extra mile. I was so pleased to have had the opportunity not only to just talk small talk with him, but to talk about his own visions for seeing people helped by the software that he helped create. And even in December of 2009, I, I had occasion to call George. I wanted to talk to him about some things, uh, setting up a, 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 a Europe-wide conference using his software. We spoke for, oh, I'd say 25 minutes or so, and we said goodbye, and then I talked to him a couple of days later, and he just mentioned in passing that he was in the hospital, and that he'd been in the hospital um, when we were speaking the last time. So George was the type of person who never wanted you to feel sorry for him. He never called attention to himself. He was just a person who made me feel good about who I was and what I was doing, but just a person who was always giving. I've been thinking about George because he's a Christian. He's with the Lord now. And the verses that keep going through my mind are from 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. And those verses read, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Thank you so much. 
Clyde for your great words, and thank you, Michael, for yours. Our next speaker is Brenda Smith, uh, a friend uh, who helped George with uh, uh, tech support, and of course, as I said, a dear friend. Brenda, are you there? Over the past few months, George and I had some long conversations on many different subjects. Every phone conversation ended with him wanting to pray with me. He was a man of faith, and he wasn't shy about it. George was continually amazed about the ways people found to use Talking Communities client. He was thrilled with the idea of Bible studies, gospel music, and streaming sermons. People caring about people. I thought the best way I could remember George this evening is to follow with that theme of people caring about people. Audio Tips was a special place to George, and George was a special person to the people there. I'd like to share a few words from just a few of the people who loved him very much. I knew George for around 10 years. My life has been made richer by our friendship. Through his many trials, he continued to be steadfast in in efforts to give, not take. He has left me much richer for knowing him through his friendship and his contribution to helping the blind community. Rest in peace, George, and forgive my selfishness for wanting you to still be with me as a friend and confidant. Franklin Johnson It has been a privilege and honor to have called George friend. I also met him approximately 10 years ago. He has been an inspiration and a great blessing to many, too many to even be counted. Dorothy Lepascu. It was a privilege and pleasure to know George. He will be greatly missed by his friends and colleagues, especially those of us in his Audio Tips family. Thank you, George, for all your hard work and dedication. The world is a much better place because of you. Mike Everett. George has left behind a beautiful legacy, which is a blessing not only to us, but also the entire blind community. Jackie Grace. We, the members of OutOfSight.net, would like to extend our deepest sympathy to the close friends and colleagues of George. George spent many hours in our chat rooms, and there was never a dull moment when he was around. George, our dear friend, we will miss you. We would like to thank you for all of your hard work and dedication throughout the years, and say congratulations for a job well done. Debbie Black I'd like to close by saying I was blessed to have crossed paths with George in my life. Goodbye for now, my friend. I'm going to miss you. But I will see you later. Elaine, are you there? And then, then we'll come back to Brenda to see if she wants to play the, the end of uh, right after her uh, comments there. Elaine, are you there, please? Okay, I believe this is working now. Can someone confirm, please? Yes, we can hear you. Terrific. You know, I've, as I've listened, every single word, and I haven't been here for very long. Um, I have just came in at the tail end here, and every word I've heard, uh, it rings true. Uh, it's been a while. It's been five or six years since uh, George and I spoke, but he's an, he was truly an unforgettable man, and uh, most definitely no conversation ended with, with George without prayer at the end, and I can attest to his generosity, his instant uh, friendship for anyone who came in, interest in them, and just uh, just a remarkable man. He encourages me and and in, in uh, the fact that I've got uh, vision loss, progressive vision loss, and uh, to to see what the Lord can do with uh, a, a blind man who, who who loves Him and is given over to Him completely and loves others is uh, to me is just a, an inspiration. And uh, you know, uh, he's a man of communication, and now he's in uh, the most glorious and important communication he will he or any of us can ever hope to uh, to have uh, direct contact with uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on a r regular basis so George thank you very much 
and uh, thank you, uh, Lorne, for the for telling me about this and giving me an opportunity. Thank you, Elaine, for those fine words. Uh, our next speaker is Andy Pincon, friend, uh, of course, of George's and owner of Digibridge.com. Andy, the microphone is yours. Uh, well, it's Digibridge.org, but that's <laughs> a minor detail. I know George for uh, at least 10 years, going back to uh, before Talking Communities, when uh, Steve was still in uh, Brazil, and George was working with Chatterbox at that time. Um, and we were involved with uh, Bob's Wick at that time, um, and um, Global Learn Day um, as well, uh, which was an international event that we had uh, kind of put on. And at one point, we were uh, using Chatterbox uh, as the platform to actually connect distance education professionals throughout the world. Uh, throughout those uh, over 10 years, I've, like most of you that have known him, uh, been on the phone with him relentlessly, um, commiserating with the uh, ups and downs of trying to launch a online business. I remember when Steve returned to uh, the U.S. and Wisconsin, and one of the first uh, kind of talking communities um, group events that were hosted online through talking communities. My comments then were that <clears throat> what distinguished, in my opinion, George and, and Steve and the work that they were doing was not so much the technology, but the kind of community that they were able to establish online. And you've heard Clyde, you know, talk about, you know, how it has amazed him how real this relationship has been uh, with talking communities through George. You know, and Steve and I have been working together in Wisconsin for a number of years now. Steve, I don't know whether you've got the photos, but if you don't, I can uh, launch them here, and people can click on the links if you don't have them. So I'll, I'll wait and see what your text chat is. Um, you know, as Bob Zwick has mentioned, you know, we uh, had George um, at, um, there's some links for you all to look at with George and Debbie when Debbie was uh, his caregiver while well, Steve gets them. But <clears throat> I, um, I had George stay with us at uh, one of our nonprofits that we have because our organization is a, a nonprofit organization. Many of you I know virtually, you know, like Steve Jacobs, um, Marisol, I see you're here this evening. Uh, Como esta? How are you? Been a while. Uh, I see we've emailed one another. Norm, of course, um, that works with Marisol. Lauren, Kathy Ann, some of you have been involved in some of the events that we've hosted out of City Colleges. Heard about you, Oscar. Um, I think the the comment that was made at the beginning about pay it forward is appropriate. So I've discussed with Steve what our organization wants to do, and tonight we will uh, kind of um, let everyone know that we're putting up $1,000 in a fund that Steve will manage to continue the spirit of George Buys in some capacity yet to be defined. 
Um, and that will happen as Steve and I get together um, and sort out how that can be administered for worthwhile projects and individuals um, in honor of George to continue to pay it forward and to not only keep this goal and, and dream and vision of his alive, but to actually see it fruitfully multiply in the way that he had originally envisaged it and the way that Rogerio and Steve and Clyde and others that have really worked hard like Lauren to actually see this uh, become something that benefits uh, more of humanity. Um, and so with that, um, I will agree, as Victor has said, that George saw with the eye of his soul and his spirit. And um, it's a pleasure to actually be here with all of you this evening. Thank you so much, Andy. You obviously were a very dear friend uh, of George's. Okay, our next speaker is Hugh Prather, uh, Talking Communities Facilitator uh, for the New Mexico Coalition of School Administrators. Hugh, are you in the room, please? Hugh indicated to me a few, uh, about half an hour ago now, that he won't be able to stay for the rest of it, but in, instead he uh, posted a poem in, in the text chat, uh, a famous old poem that really applies very much to George. And he said to pass along his greetings and his uh, love for the talking community's family uh, and uh, his many good memories of George. He is so appreciative of George and uh, what George has done for the New Mexico Association of uh, School Administrators. Wonderful. Is the poem uh, lengthy, uh, Lauren, or is it difficult to read from text chat for the recording purposes? I can read it if you want. Uh, do not stand by my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glint on snow. I am the sunlight on ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn rain. When you wake in the morning hush, I am the swift, uplifting rush of quiet birds in circling flight. I am the soft starlight at night. No, do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. That's from Joyce Fawson, as supplied by Hugh, Hugh Prather. Thank you, Hugh, for that wonderful poem, and thank you, Lauren, for reading it. Our next speaker is uh, Dan Roberts, Director of Macular Generation Support. Dan? Thank you, uh, Lauren and Steve and uh, all of the others who helped put this memorial service together. I'm really enjoying sitting here listening to this. This is time well spent by all of us. What can I do for you? As Kevin said earlier, and others have alluded to, that was George's new mantra. That's what he told me when I visited him in the hospital a few weeks before he passed away down here in Springfield, Missouri. Well, he may not have actually said it that way before, but that was how George lived his life, at least the last five or six years of his life that I had the great pleasure of knowing him. My first experience with George was during programming for his first online low vision conference. Uh, Lou Lipschultz was involved in that. Uh, and it was that series of conferences that led to creation of the International MD Support Group, which now reaches more than 7,000 previously unconnected low vision seniors each month. That's how many times George has been multiplied since I met him. One of the programs I provided for that early conference was an interview with a 10-year-old piano student of mine named Brittany, who had an amazing gift for musical composition. 
she, like George, had lived life with a, as a constant struggle, not necessarily because the little girl was totally blind, but because her father wasn't in the picture, her mother was in jail, and her grandmother was trying to raise both Brittany and her younger brother on a single salary. When I told George about Brittany, his first words, even then, were, what can I do for her? I hardly knew the man at that time, but I knew he himself was struggling, trying to get talking communities off the ground. And I told him she was doing okay, but her grandma was not able to provide her with even the most basic low-vision devices, and her public school was hardly any help at all. They would uh, loan her a brailer, for example, but they wouldn't let her take it home during the summer. So she was essentially blinded by the school. Uh, Brittany's situation hit George hard, and a week later, I received his check for $75 for her to use in any way she wanted. I know this was money he could have used himself, but that's the way George was. And because of him, Brittany got to go for the first time in her life to a store and pick out something for herself that would make her life a little easier. I think she bought a talking watch, among other things, but that's not what she or I remember best. What we remember best is that a stranger who was no better off than she was had a big enough heart to ask, what can I do for you? I know God's blessing you, George, and so are the thousands of us you left on earth to carry on for you when you just couldn't do it anymore. Bless you, my friend. Thank you, Dan, for those great words. And now we have Hadi Rangan, Head of Accessibility with the University of Illinois. Hadi, I know you're here, I think, uh, so I'll introduce you at this time. Good evening. This is Hadi Rangin. It is an honor to be here and talk uh, about my short uh, uh, experience and, and memory with uh, George. It seems I learned tonight a lot about George and his life and how he treated uh, colleagues, friends, and other people. Um, I need to admit that I know George only for just over two years. And then uh, I try to explain in a few words how I met him. Um, my primary job at the University of Illinois is that to work with developers uh, to make sure that the products that they make or the software that they build are accessible. And then, uh, of course, with the vendors that uh, we purchase products from. So reaching vendors, as some of you might have experienced, is not easy. They usually see me as a pain in the neck. Uh, I did not approach uh, George and Steve because you know, I had complained. I wanted to learn about their product, and I saw that how uh, uh, open they were to uh, give the, to introduce their product. And then they spent time with me that I know all the, the, the corner of their, their products. And of course, uh, as a person who have been dealing with accessibility um, for a long time, I, I knew that it was one of the brilliant ideas about software that I have seen in the recent uh, decades. And then, of course, I became a, an advocate for the talking community software for our community and specifically for our university and, and uh, sister universities. Uh, I, I was able to, uh, uh, um, I think we don't want to make it business related talk, but uh, um, I was so 
I'm so impressed with the product, with the quality of the software, uh, despite also a few bugs that they, it has. Uh, but it is so nicely designed, from accessible from ground up, that uh, I think uh, we, the, our blind community will never see that, uh, at least in the, the near future, such a wonderful uh, product. Uh, of course, uh, as a small company, talking community has to compete with other big uh, market, big, big vendors uh, that I don't want to mention the name here. And they have, they are big companies and a lot of staff. Uh, and but this, is, this is very difficult. So they constantly have to uh, add new feature. Uh, to be uh, com marketable and, uh, and com be able to compete with other products. Uh, I remember, so based on, on these ideas, you know, we established a kind of collaboration uh, uh, group and then we met for some time, uh, at least uh, every month or every two weeks uh, for some time to uh, talk about the new features. And of course, some of those features are difficult to implement uh, in so that everybody, including blind people, can use it. So during all those discussions, that is, that is the, the key memory that I have from George, that uh, he really did not act like a CEO of the company who, that the the financial benefit of the company is the, is the number one uh, goal for, for, for all for such discussion. Uh, my understanding was that he never wanted to jeopardize the accessibility of the product uh, because uh, uh, of financial reason. Uh, that was the, really the most important thing that I learned during the, the, the past two years from George and then uh, something that uh, other colleagues like Steve and, and, and Clyde didn't know about it. Uh, occasionally after our meetings, he called me and he asked for more feedback. And then I was always asking myself, yeah, that is, I mean, it is not a typical CEO. Uh, a CEO usually wants to make their, uh, you know, uh, Increase the number of sales and, and, and the re revenue, not not the accessibility features. So, as, as a person, as a as a blind person, as a person who has been uh, dealing with uh, accessibility issues for m number of years, I want to commend George, Steve, and all the talking community uh, uh, people for introducing such a wonderful product, and I hope. Uh, George's attitude will continue even he's not among us. Past you. Thank you, Hadi. More words to help us to know George even better. Thank you so much. Our next speaker is a good, good friend of us all, Lauren Bergstresser, Director of Customer Care, uh, Talking Communities. Lauren? Well, thank you, Robert. I've had the privilege of knowing George for somewhat over eight years, and there's so much that I could say. We talked almost every day, and there's so many memories. George was a true man of the people. Everyone was important to George, whether rich or poor, famous or unknown. 
He believed that every person had value, and he made each person, including me, feel important. A customer to George was not necessarily someone who paid money to talk in communities, or TC as we refer to it. The customer was always the most important person in the business. This was not an empty cliché with George. If he saw a need, he'd sacrifice income to supply that need. There's a little blind gal in Pakistan who has a free TC room because George saw a need. There are some nonprofits who to this day are experiencing rates that are way too low for us to make a profit, but George saw the need. And there are any number of customers who stuck with TC through tough times and were rewarded with incredibly good rates just because they had faith in us. And speaking of faith, George was a man of faith. His trust in God through Jesus Christ was his sustaining power. Over the years that I've known him, he and I have prayed literally hundreds of times, sometimes just because he appreciated the fellowship of prayer, and more recently, of course, because of his serious health issues. George was a dreamer. There were no boundaries that couldn't be pushed, no walls too high to be breached, and no oceans too wide to be crossed. Amazing man. Always on the cutting edge of technology and wanting to be an integral part of it, especially as that technology affected the world of the less abled individuals. George was a product of the school of hard knocks, blindness, early business successes and failures, and the experiences of the down and outer. All these were part and parcel of George's background. By his own admission, he lived a hard life for many years. But also, in his own words, my Heavenly Father changed me. His purpose in the later years of an all-too-short life was to give, give, and give again. Being a summa cum laude graduate of the School of Hard Knocks went hand-in-hand with his minimum of formal education. He and I had a lot of fun with his many misconstrued words. He knew that I was a graduate of the School of Soft Knocks, having spent a lot of years in school, He'd sometimes say that he and I had a wonderful camaraderieship when meeting with important prospective customers and trying to make a good initial impression. Instead of saying right from the outset, with genuine good intent, he'd say, just on the onslaught, I got such a kick out of him. He'd probably say today that we were celebrating the commemorance of his life. We had so many good laughs on his misuse of the English language. In normal conversation on one occasion, I happened to use the word exacerbate. George had never heard that word before and was quite impressed with it. Wanting to put it into practice, as soon as he could, I shortly thereafter heard him speaking to a customer and saying, that would exacerbate the situation. (laughs) Despite his lack of formal education, I'm certain in the final analysis that I learned a lot more from George than he learned from me. Another wonderful personal memory for my wife Laura and myself was George's love for Laura's stories. He knew Laura almost as well as he knew me and asked her at least twice or three times a year, Laura, can you give me another one of your stories? Of course, many times the story, told in the voice of a young girl, would include a little boy by the name of George, 
He loved those stories and kept them on his computer to listen to over and over again. He told Laura that when he got a little down, he'd listen to her stories and they would cheer him up. When a good friend, mentor, and confidant leaves this earthly scene, it hurts us. I still find it difficult to comprehend that I won't see him again this side of eternity. I miss him deeply. Knowing that he is in a better place is a powerful comfort. But I'm selfish, George. I want to hear your voice. I want to share a laugh, and I want to pray with you. Thank you for the memories, George. Thank you so much, Lauren, for those wonderful words. Our next speaker is Dr. Lou Lipschultz of OcuSource. He's a partner and friend of, of George and certainly one of the giants in this business. Dr. Lipschultz. Hi, everyone. Before I actually get started, I just want to make sure you can all hear me fine because I, I came in a little bit delayed. Am I coming through okay? You're coming through okay, Lou. Uh, there's a lot of background noise, but you are coming through fine. Well, I guess that's actually going to be part of my, my talk here today is that background noise. Um, first of all, I want to thank all of you so much for sharing your words about George. Uh, basically, they reinforced to me that George was really a consistent guy. Uh, the George that I knew is the same George you knew, based on all the stories I've heard and the fact that he spent as much time talking with you as he did with me. He was pretty impressive. Um, my circumstances, as you said about the noise in the background, Lord, uh, of coming to you today is it's really appropriate. It's just exactly the way it should be. Um, today, thanks to George's dedication to this technology, I'm joining you all from an Amtrak train in transit to a disability conference in San Diego. And I was going to be able to say that as I was speaking with you, the sights were passing me by, but I just got off the train here in San Diego, and I'm walking with my laptop across from the train doing my presentation for you here today. So this is truly exactly the way George would have wanted this to happen, and you all, you all know that's the truth. <laughs> so George, basically, first, he and I did our first meeting with the conference tool in a really interesting situation and it was such a delight to George because we, we held a meeting that I was in London and George was in Michigan. We held a meeting that had people from several continents online. So here was George in Michigan, me in London, the attendees around the world listening to our presentation. And here I'm sitting in a streetside cafe in London with the hustle and bustles of passers-by, just like the train behind me, the London traffic going by, and the chatter of coffee cups and people that were near us. It was just a joy, and he loved it. And you know how excited he would be at the close of that. But George and I forged a great, great relationship and friendship, and through those many conversations that he and I had, just like you folks out there, we developed a tremendous respect for each other, and I had a tremendous respect for George. Uh, like Clyde, my spouse never quite understood that friendship based on the number of hours that we spent talking on phone and on the TC conference tool. It was, it was just not logical to her, but those of us who are here tonight understand that completely. Uh, I have to just share a couple of quick memories of George because I think those are the things that we all need to resolve, remember and, and kind of log into our brains. George would always introduce me lovingly, and you could hear it in his voice, with a big tongue in his cheek saying, this is my partner, 
and my eye doctor, Lou Lipschultz, and he, he meant it, you know, he, he just got the biggest kick that he had an eye doctor for a partner, how apropos. George would also joke that he and I were writing a screenplay that was going to be called The Blind Man and the Eye Doctor. Blind Man and the Eye Doctor, which of course we weren't, but we got such a chuckle out of being able to tell folks that, that story. And then once I saw the most wonderful thing where George was so thrilled when Debbie, his caregiver, and I went to a Greek restaurant in Chicago and a waiter came up nearby and George didn't know what was going on and that waiter lit up the saganaki, which is a flaming cheese, and yelled, Opa, right next to George, not knowing that George was blind. And George was just so delighted, even though he didn't know what was going on and he felt this flame next to his face, he knew he was safe because he was with us and we were laughing and having fun. But he absolutely loved the experience and couldn't wait for us to describe every word of what happened when we were together so that he would know what fun he just missed visually but experienced all of the, all of the vibes in the room. Uh, other fun stuff, George and I enjoyed spending a couple hours on the line every day almost. And he knew that when I had a chance, I'd go to a coffee shop for an hour or two every day or two. And when I had extra time, I'd make a trek over to Manhattan Beach or Laguna Beach out here in California. And George would demand that as I sat there, I would describe my view of what was going on in the conference room. Now, that would include the sunlight outdoors, the colors of the room, the smells of the beach coming through the windows, you know, who was in sitting in the coffee shop nearby. He enjoyed the fact that I enjoyed describing what was happening around me. And if, if an attractive woman were there, he made me go through the details to let him know how attractive she was, and, and, and I, would, I would oblige. Now, that was George, and those are the memories I'm never going to forget. And I spoke with George the night before he passed, and, and Greg, his caregiver, was so wonderful for me to bring the phone to George because I knew George was, was being becoming weaker and weaker, and he, he held the phone next to George, and I spoke as loudly and as firmly as I could. And after I said my words... All George could say was, well, boss, the show's about over. And I held off for a second, and I said, ah, George, you know better than that. This is just the beginning of the show, and you know it. And we hung up. And thank you, Greg, for doing that for me. I really appreciate that. So... To all of you out there, thank you so much for sharing tonight. And George, thank you for sharing yourself with all of us who are here. We're lucky to know you. Your challenges, your successes, you've touched thousands of people in a positive way. And I personally regard you as one of my very best friends and one of the most genuine people I've ever met. So thank you, everyone. And I apologize for my... Uh, tears here, but I think you all share in that experience and that, that uh, emotion. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Lou, and no need to apologize. You've lost a dear friend, but you're with us tonight celebrating his life, and we appreciate that. Now we want to open this up to the audience. Uh, again, uh, we're, just, we're not going to be that formal here. George wouldn't want it that way, but Let's give a person a chance to speak, uh, and uh, you hit the control key when you hear a chirp. You can start talking 
and then let up when you're finished. So who wishes the floor, please give your name and state or where you're from, if you don't mind. All right, the uh, microphone is open for you. Um, this is Steve um, Hoffman again. Um, I have a uh, uh, something that I, I was asked to read here. This was um, sent by Steve Jacobs. Um, Steve Jacobs is actually um, in the uh, same place as, as Lou right now at CSUN. And um, unfortunately, his laptop where he was at, he did not have um, power and uh, ran out of power. And um, so... Uh, didn't get a chance to, to get to this point. So he sent me a quick email and asked me to uh, read something um, for everyone from him. Little did I know when I first met George over 10 years ago that he would become my brother, my close friend, and my business partner extraordinaire. George was a big part of my life, even though I never met him until seven weeks ago when I visited him at a nursing home in Michigan. We spent hours together talking about everything, his family, friends, business, and how excited he was that he was going to have an online memorial. That's right, he was excited. George was not afraid to meet his maker. He often told me that he looked forward to learning the secrets of life that God would only reveal to him when he was home, in his home. What a guy. Up until about two weeks before he moved on to a much better place, he called me daily. He'd always beat me, into the, beat me to the punch. It started with him calling me at 8 a.m. The next morning, I was planning to call him at 8, and he'd call me at 7.30. He said, hey, brother, I am just calling to say I love you, and to ask if there's anything I can do for you. I said, you just did, George. The next morning, I got up early to call him at 7.30, and of course, at 7 a.m., the phone rang. You're right. <clears throat> it was George calling me to say he loved me. That was all. I'm not sure that you're aware that George donated his organs to science, including his corneas, uh, yes, the nurse told Jeannie, George's sister, that they were able to use George's corneas to help another person, as well as over 50 other people. Another thing that many of you may not be aware of is that George requested that the words, is there anything I can do for you, be written across his chest when he went home to be with the Lord. George, you set the bar, bar high for me. I hope I meet you in heaven, that I can get halfway to that bar. I feel your spirit in my heart every day, and I look forward to spending time with you again someday. Rest in peace and happiness, my dear friend. I love you. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Steve Jacobs, for those words, and Steve Hoffman for reading them. That's great. All right, anyone in the audience who wishes to speak, uh, the microphone is open to you. This is Ben Watson from Madison, Georgia, and I just want to say that we're one of the ones that, uh, uh, <laughs> that have uh, um, benefited from Georgia's generosity. We have one of those rooms that uh, uh, we've never seen a bill for, and 
we have used it. Uh, we're on temporary hiatus right now with some other projects, but uh, always in the back of our minds is how we can utilize a talking communities conference room to spread the word of God around the world. And we know it can be done because we've done it. We have had people in our... Um, ben, I think we lost you there. You want to come back up? Okay, I'm back up. Okay, I do hear it. Thank you. Um, what I, I, don't, I don't know where I left off, so let me just say that, uh, that uh, we, we are always in the back of our minds. We're on temporary hiatus right now with, because of some online projects, some, some, some new projects here at Source of Light that, that uh, we're very deeply involved in right now. But we're hoping to be able to come back here very shortly with a, uh, with a whole new set of, of uh, courses and ways of presentation and uh, talking communities uh, software is is uh, very high on on uh, on what we want to do, and uh, uh, there was something else I wanted to say, and I can't remember what it was. But uh, guys, thanks a lot, uh, and to the to Steve and Lauren and uh, Clyde, uh, you guys have been terrific uh, in in helping us. And uh, hey, we can help you. We want to do it. Uh, believe believe me, because we are. Uh, uh, we in the Alternative Media Department at Source of Light Ministries International are sold on uh, what George started, and we want to help continue it. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Woods from Lansing, Michigan. I, I didn't really know George as well as most of you, and, and I wish I'd had the chance to, to know him more. But I did uh, know him from when he was on Books and Beyond, uh, and they did something on his li about his life, and and I was there, and I really enjoyed that. I think that he came to know God over the years, and I think that helped him uh, with the burdens he he, he had. And uh, I think that you know, this the statement that he makes, if there's anything I can do for you, I think my dad used to do be that, that way too, on, on a lot of ways. And I think we will miss him uh, uh, greatly. And I think that thanks to his uh, te technology, the talking communities, and these innovations with chat rooms. I think we're all like family. Uh, I think probably others might share that view, uh, uh, but I, I don't know, but I know that's how I feel. Thank you. This is Bonnie in Ohio. I'm the host of Books and Beyond. George, through talking communities software, gave people a chance to fulfill their dreams. When life ends, or as we could say in George's case, begins anew and goes into an eternal direction, we could all say when we look back at that life, just a few words and really diminish its purpose. Words very keenly say what we want to about a person, but sometimes they don't say nearly enough. George and I shared the love of watching people come to life and learn to love and to fulfill dreams they had. He did that for me. Strangely enough, when he was on Books and Beyond, he said afterward that in being on Books and Beyond, he had a dream fulfilled for him. In a life that was filled with so many, I am in awe and honored and humbled by the fact 
that in some way I fulfilled a dream for George. Part of me wants to say, rather cynically, how could that possibly be? But when a person is talking about dreams, it's important for us to take them at face value and take them as truth. George believed in sharing his truth. He was willing to share his successes as well as his scars, his talents as well as his shortcomings, his abilities as well as his challenges. That was George Buys. When I think back on George and his life, I will remember a few things. His wish to fulfill the dreams of others, however big or small, his willingness and need in his life and desire to fulfill the needs of others, to give hope when there was no hope, to give purpose to a person's life when a person felt their life had none. Not many people can say that about a life they lived. He loved his God. That was very evident. And he loved his family, especially his grandchildren. Whether talking with a child or an adult, he gave of his time generously. He loved generously as well, deeply and profoundly. He will be sorely missed. And in bringing us together as a community in what he began, and we can continue, he began a legacy that will go on for generations to come. May his name never be forgotten. I wish him well. Bon voyage, George. You will be missed, but you will always be loved. <clears throat> My name is Jerry Hogan, and uh, I've known George for a few years, and I really uh, I did not know him personally at all like uh, a lot of you do. And uh, But I have respect for George. Oh, we did like him, and, and I really appreciate, and uh, I appreciate what's... Uh, Pat Price, Accessible World, and with a, with a, with a, with George, uh, with all this possibility, we're able to make me to do a project called Blinded Vet and Friend. I work with veteran, and I had to step away here tonight because I had a wounded warrior vet, young man that's just still going under treatment, talking about losing his eyes and his prosthetic. So we got to share. Uh, his story to other people that came into our room tonight. And this will make big impact in other... Something like this is uh, my project that I've been working on for years to make it work, and uh wasn't for talking community, this wouldn't be possible. And I have... Well, we have made changes for for the veteran, and I'd like to thank George and, and every everybody around and George will be missing. I always think of George every week, even even before uh, he got sick and been ill. And um, I very respect him very much. And, uh, and um, he will be missed. And I, I thank him. And what his, his uh, what talk community have done and made it possible for what I can do for others. And uh, so uh, I, I thank yours and, and thank everybody who made this possible for me to make this project work. And it's, it's working very slow, but it's getting there. 
Hi, I see uh, Larry Simpson has made it into the room. I'm going to see if I can pass you the mic, Larry, and say a few words. Well, I don't. A few words about George Vise and what he meant to my life is is impossible to do in such a short period of time. But let me start out by saying our lives paralleled each other a lot. Back. Uh, it's been about 10 years ago since I quit drinking. I, I drank all the time. I, I, it kept me from accomplishing all the things I wanted to accomplish in life. I met George because I'm a songwriter and a musician and played professionally all my life. And I was trying to find a way to that I could do this to, and let people all over the world hear me and be able to, to sing and, and to people I'd never met before and hear some of my songs. And in the process, I met George, and George was kind enough to introduce me to people that mean a lot to me right now. They're some of the most creative, intelligent people I've ever met. Steve Hoffman, uh, Robert Acosta, Lorne, and Bob Dwick, and, and a lot of others that's in this room. He opened up my eyes to what the blind community had to deal with. Being a sighted person, I, I never gave it a thought back then. Uh, what what they had to had to do to to be able to do the things I do, and I never dreamed that that blind people could do, or or people that had were sight challenged, how they could learn to use computers and do all the things that I pretty much did. I just for some reason I had my mind that that they couldn't do things, and I found out I was wrong. You you people and and him helped me to understand that. Just before George died, he we, we talked every week, sometimes several times a week. And George loved country music. He loved radio. He loved all the things I was involved in. He loved Sweet Southern Sound and talked me out of it before he passed away. And he wanted to, he said he was wanted one last hurrah. He wanted me to to get a bunch of country stars and some of the motion picture stars that I'm friends of and. And he wanted to interview him. So I said, okay, well, let's do it. And so we got together and had had, had got about uh, 12 interviews, I guess. And I called up a lot of my friends in the music business, Bobby Bear, Ray Price, uh, the Kendalls, uh, Leroy Van Dyke, on and on and on. And he was just tickled to death. He got better and better. The first few times he kind of stumbled through the interviews, but... I kept on getting on him, and he he got where it was perfect, and he was we were going to do this big thing, big event right after he got back from Christmas. I talked to him the day he left Christmas. I talked to him on the way to Michigan, and unfortunately, I got a phone call where he'd gotten hurt, and he and even then George talked to me in the hospital. He called me two or three times a week, and then he talked. I talked to him just to. Just a, just a few days, uh, two or three days before he died. And when I got the letter from Steve, I cried all day. And I'm still still crying. We were so close. And I've lost a good friend. But I know that, that George, if anybody can make it, George is up there in heaven right now and can see again. So... I want to share, I know time's limited here. I, there's so much I want to say and, and just don't have the time, but 
This is a partial interview, and I've had these interviews for anyone that wants to hear them sometime. I even interviewed him myself. He wanted me to interview him. <laughs> I've interviewed the, the most famous people in the world and at radio stations across America in my lifetime. And But this particular one I want to play, and I don't have... I've got Windows 7. My sound card's not right. I hope y'all can hear it. But I'm sure some of you have heard the Kindles. They had a, some big songs called Thank God for the Radio and um, Heaven's Just a Sent Away and, and a lot of big hit songs. And so I called Jeannie up, and, and she just loved George, just fell in love with him. And I'm going to play this song now, if, if that's all, all right with uh, everybody. This is a short interview with Jeannie Kendall, and pardon the quality because I don't, I can't get my settings right. But hopefully you'll hear it. Okay, George. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to interview two very, very special people. I'm not the best interviewer in the world, but I've got one of the best here that I want to turn this over to. So, Larry, can you take it from here? I'll be glad to, George. Hello, everybody. I'm Larry Simpson. And I have two very, very special people here. And we've been doing interviews for the last several days, and there's nobody I wanted to interview more than I did this lady here. I've had the privilege of doing it before and talking to her wonderful husband. And, and now we get a chance to have them both on here at the same time. It's a modern-day Romeo and Juliet story. It really is. And when you hear um, I apologize for that. This is the wrong one. Let me find the right one here real quick. Um, Here it is. The song is that, is that song about the radio? Uh -huh. Sing me a, a line of it. I can tell yeah. You can do it. Okay. Thank God for the radio. When I'm on the road. When I'm far from home. Even blue. Thank God for the radio. Playing all night long. Thank God for the radio. Man, boy, you know what, fellas. Thank God for the radio. Matt Watkins and Jeannie Kelly. It's thank God for the radio. It's very good. Let me tell you, George will treasure that for the rest of his life. You better I recorded it for him, so he's better. Excuse us, we can't see each other's lips and can't see where we're I know, but that's okay. Great right. 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 Oh, thank you, Larry, so much. I'm so glad you were back in the room to do, to do this. This means so much to all of us. Thank you. Okay, anyone else uh, wishing to say anything? I'm Tom Filial from Lake Butler, Florida. I see in the room there are several in there that I recognize. Uh, some of you as being personal friends, some of you just by friends from uh, TC. I feel so inadequate speaking really uh, about this genuine man that I've come to know through listening to many of you talk about him tonight. Uh, reflect on his life and everything. Uh, I so much wish I could have known him. 
Michael from Fantasy has left the room. One day, of course, I will know him and uh, shake his hand, but uh, I just wish I could have known him here on Earth. And uh, I thank Larry Simpson, me either, Dale. I thank uh, him for the tremendous job that he did while he was here, uh, and I thank God for many of you who, like I said, I've, some of you I know personally that's in the room. Most of you I don't. Uh, thank you so much for giving me the privilege of even speaking these few seconds. I love you, and God bless all of you. Hi, this is Rick Harmon from uh, Akron, Ohio. I didn't really know George all that well, unfortunately, and I definitely didn't get to know him long enough, but I came to him one day needing a chat room, and George just was so gracious. And I said, here, go ahead and try this for a month. See how you like it. And I did. And came back a month later and asked him, you know, what it cost. And he told me, and I said, boy, George, you know, I really love it, but I just can't afford it. George, you know, from what I've learned from all of you here today, George, the gracious person that he was, told me, well, I'll give you a room, you just give me some PR, and a link to Talking Communities on your website, and that's how it went down. So, I really, you know, appreciated what George did for me. You know, he's helped out my website, The Blind Geek Zone, and I just wanted to say to you, George, I thank you very much. Peace be with you. God bless you. Thank you. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you, Rick. Uh, who's, who seeks the uh, floor here? Hi, my name is uh, Ken Sawicki. Am I coming through? Yes, you are, Ken. Oh, there's the beep. I didn't get it the first time. I'm sorry. Um, thank you for letting me speak. Um, this is a new piece of hardware, and I'm not real familiar with it yet. Running Windows 7, and it's one of those win those... Dell Studio computers, but anyway, and it's got a built-in mic. But I knew George from back in the uh, in the days of the Chatterbox, and when he was just starting to experiment with uh, um, the different chat windows, so that you could uh, uh, you know type messages and then read what was being typed in the in the chat windows, and that that was awesome. I never knew him that well. I I, I worked with you know talked with him and was on the uh, some of those rooms when they were uh, doing the file sharing and sending things across the web and uh, it was it was awesome and he was he was uh, quite a person I read his bio and and uh, it was it was really interesting to read about someone who was had sight and then lost it and was able to make such a fantastic recovery um, and uh, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, and I think it's awesome. And it may give me something to think about for those days when I'm not going to be here anymore. But thanks for letting me be here and for letting me share. It's been a pleasure. It's good to hear people like Rick uh, from the Blind Geek Zone. I've heard him on uh, uh, Blind Cool Tech doing podcasts and I think a lot of these people that are here that are that are able to talk and and share in this type of a, a 
of a memorial are able to do it because of George Buys, and so it's appropriate that that he had this set up. Thanks again. We'll miss you, George. Thank you, Ken. Well done. Anyone else at this time? Okay, I'll try it one more time. This is Marcia Moses. Rob is here, and everyone has pretty much covered everything that we wanted to say, and uh, just want to say we're going to miss you, George, and uh, thank you for all he did for um, the blind community across the world. Jump Thank you. Now. Thank you, Marcia. Anyone else at this time? We're not hearing you. Well, let me move to the conclusion. And as my dear friend Pat Price used to say, this room is yours all night if you wish to talk. Uh, and I will I will be brief, and then we'll have a final presentation by Clyde Foley. So I hope you'll you'll stay. It it, it is about George, of course. And um, so let me only say three things. One, I'm sure that when George went to heaven, he sat down and worked on a deal with God, and he said, "How about using talking communities to carry your message to the world free of charge?" So watch for who knows what we're going to see in the future here. As someone said in some congressional hearing, it's Armageddon. Oh, no, it's just the beginning. George, the second thing I want to say is there's no business like show business. And because of your vision, the show will go on. The torch has been passed to Steve Hoffman and the wonderful Talking Communities team. And they will, with our love and support, make it happen for us all. And thirdly, if I can express myself, I'll do my best. Sometimes blindness can be a very isolating disability. You know, you can't jump in the car on Saturday night and drive somewhere that you want to go. you got to plan it. Or maybe paratransit doesn't come. Or maybe you're alone on a Saturday night. Well, thanks to George Buys, we're never alone. We have a family out there. And we, I remember spending New Year's Eve when we happened to be home. And many, many wonderful people celebrated each hour in different parts of the country together. We weren't alone. So thank you, George, for bringing us the world. And we'll continue your ambition to make accessible world accessible to the human race, accessible to us all. As Larry Simpson said, I didn't know blind people could do what they did. Well, Larry, together, we'll educate one another and we'll make it happen. I want to thank all of you for being here. You're wonderful. Look at the numbers this late at night. You're demonstrating your love for a great man. And George will never be forgotten and he will always be loved. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming. And please uh, allow my friend Clyde Foley to present one more presentation for you. Hi, hi, folks. It's Clyde here. Not sure if I'm coming. Yeah, you're coming through, but you've you faded there. Okay, that's that's good. Now I'm talking. Uh, and what what this is is uh, when uh, Steve sent out the announcement about George's passing, the uh, condolences came in rapidly. So what I've done here is taken uh, the first couple of days of those condolences, put them into a PowerPoint presentation, and captured the narration using a screen reader. So this will run for 20 minutes. 
and it's about 50 or 60 uh, emails that came in, and, and that's what we're going to listen to now. So sit back and relax. It'll be about 20 minutes, and then we'll leave the room open for whatever people want to use the room for. Remembering George Bars, April 1948-April 2010. Dear friends of Talking Communities, it is with deep sorrow that I inform you that the founder and CEO of Talking Communities, George Bars, passed away this afternoon from complications of emphysema. An online memorial service will be held at a yet-to-be-disclosed date. George was a believer in relationships, but the secret to his relationships was that he did everything to try and make it unequal. He always tried to end up with less than the other person. We, at Talking Communities, will try to continue to live up to the standard that George has set, always making sure our customers, partners, and friends get more from us than we get from them. And until we meet again, we wish George success in his new endeavors and know that those now surrounding him will benefit from the wonderful man he is. He will be sorely missed. I am so sorry to hear of George by passing. He has been a wonderful support to the work of the International Holistic Tourism Education Center, IDIP, and the board say thank you. Please keep in touch with regards to his memorial service, which I would like to attend via Talking Communities Conference Room. Much love to all the tech support team and also to his family. Julia Morton Marr. Thanks for the message. Since I now own my own company and also am a supporter of Talking Communities efforts, if there is anything I can do to help take up the slack please let everyone know that I would be happy to assist. Michael Hinson Thank you for passing along this sad news. Please let us know when the online memorial service for George is scheduled. He has a special place in our hearts and we send our condolences to his surviving family and friends. Marcy Lopez I am saddened and shocked by this news. What a loss of a community leader and a man. Amy Rule Very sad news. I will always remember his soothing manner and his kindness towards me. Jean-Claude Alec Thanks for letting me know and I will very much want to attend his service. Please let me know the details. This is sad news, as I will very much miss George. He lived every relationship very intently and I always felt, when I was with him, that he was devoting 100% of his attention to me. It has been a privilege to be his friend, a friendship that was initiated and developed completely online. I hope his legacy that no matter what, relationships are worth it, will be one of my values for as long as I live. On a more personal note, I was so glad you encouraged me to phone and pray with George and I happened to catch him just the day he was about to be driven down south and was quite nervous. We had a wonderful time of prayer and I can still hear his voice, I love you Jim Klaus. I have been praying regularly for him but regret that I had not talked with him since that phone call. James Klaus I am so sorry to hear it. You have my deepest sympathies. Suzanne Mazenga Folks, I would like to add my condolences. 
George was one of the best guys I have ever known. I always enjoyed conversing with him, and he was always eager to try to improve on the past. He never was one to stop trying to do things better. I hope his ideas and spirit remain an integral part of your lives and your work. I know they will be part of mine. Thanks a lot. So sorry to hear of George's passing. When I last talked to him a few weeks ago, we visited on Skype regularly and he loved to keep me about my Harley, it was clear he was struggling. I love his service perspective it permeated the whole culture of your fine organization. Taking talking community to the next level will be one of the greatest tributes you can render George. Deepest sympathy to each of you. Hugh Prather. Thanks for the update. George was a good man. For many years George was an inspiration to me and many other vision-impaired internet users. At the end of this month it will be one year since I have had a cigarette. George will be a leader among the angels. Jeff Redding. I'm really thankful to have known him. I interviewed him a couple of months ago, recorded it, and archived it. He led an amazing life. Tom Peters. Thank you for letting me know. My heart goes out to all George's family, friends and co-workers. I know he will be greatly missed, point, J. Vance. Though I never met George in person, I recall several conversations with him on the phone, as well as online, through talking community software, and I'm the richer, for having had this interaction with him. I will be putting some thoughts together and would consider it a privilege if you could share them with others who knew George. I would most definitely wish to participate in an online memorial service. On more than one occasion, George spoke of his faith. Now, he is in the presence of the Lord, unfettered by disease. He is also seeing the Lord, too, and his physical blindness is no more. Mike Weston I'm interested in that remembrance and I'm sad to receive this news, Tim Snyder. I'm one who George liked to call little sister. I will miss him very much. Talking communities have an old email for me that is probably why I didn't get the email. But I will appreciate the information about the celebration. I met George when audio tapes first began, and went through one of the different programs used as talking communities evolved to its much larger reaching community. Thanks for carrying on. Rosemary Bowser. I'm very sorry to hear the news of George's passing. I know that you all have lost an inspiration as well as a good friend. As you say, I'm sure he's off to bigger and better things. But for someone to leave such a legacy of energetic kindness and to have taken the difficulties before him and used them as such a positive inspiration to to put is a wonderful accomplishment and memorial. Please do let me know when you're holding the memorial service. Very best wishes to you all. Will Burroughs. I was painfully saddened to hear the news of George's passing and the fact that a friend will no longer be among us. I take comfort, however, in the fact that he is walking with the master and he can see us again. George was one of the most unique individuals I have known in my entire lifetime. 
he has been the most unselfish man I have known, and was always looking out for the other guy. I was blessed to share many thoughts and conversations with him over the past ten years. I spent a good portion of time in my life working with the visually handicapped, and George and I talked about that often. He was however working on anything he could to make life better for the blind, even if it meant giving way more than it appeared he ever received. But that is what made George so unique and special. He got back everything he ever wanted, which was to know that he made life a little better for someone else. His laughter will be with me forever. So many jokes and so many funny conversations that could always turn a bad into a good one. I believe God put George here to do special things, and I believe George did exactly that. You cannot take anything in this life with you, except that which you leave behind. George left a wealth behind, and I hope everyone who ever knew him will take some of what he left behind and use it the way George would have used it'll help someone else. Rest peacefully George and thanks for the memories Ray Walker. I'm sad to learn of George's passing. I want to attend an online memorial service when details become available. Sincerely, Bruce Newbar. This is really sad news. George was an awesome person, point, funny thing. I was just thinking about you and George a couple of days ago, wondering what you guys have been up to, how you're doing and such, Tim Romero. I'm speechless. I'm going to miss him so much. Who is going to take care of his body and his funeral? Are you going down to Springfield? I bought a ticket yesterday to be able to see him this weekend. I can't believe I couldn't make it. Victor Heredia. This news really touched me. I only knew George from our online conversations but every time I was touched by his energy to do what he was doing. Every time he was talking about things he was going to do in the future. Maybe he didn't know but I also respected him because of what he did even he was blind. One of my sons is blind too and that creates bonds. Sorry, if something doesn't sound right. English is not my native language. Jeff Stees. We are so sorry to hear about George. At least sorry for the last of those still here, for we know he is far better off with Jesus, as we all will be who know him when our time is come. We run a email prayer chain and put up daily plus forward requests. It started with just a few here in Houston and one in Crete. Texas, and before we knew it, we were with prayer partners worldwide, Ron Cruz. Please accept my condolences and best wishes in response to losing your colleague, Lay Wyman. Thank you for sharing this sad news. I did not know George, personally, but I knew his work. Talking communities is a critical dimension to our program here at Eunice Boston. He will be missed. Laura Bosman. It's with great sorrow to hear of the passing of George Dyes. We at Vision Studies here at the University of Massachusetts Boston greatly appreciated George's work assuring a quality web conferencing tool we could depend on for accessibility to those with visual impairments. 
We have greatly benefited by his generosity of spirit as well as expertise in company products slash resources. Robert McCauley. Greetings, yes, I would like to know the date and time of the memorial for George Buzz. I would like to share my first interaction with George a few years ago. I believe it described George perfectly as I knew and interacted with him. He has been the reason that I'm with talking communities. Keep looking up. Richard Stratton. Thank you for letting me know. George was a good man and I will miss him. Stephen Lloyd. Our prayers go out to the family and all friends. Kevin Osmond. I really don't know what to say, but I have to admit I, and my wife, can shed a tear or two after I read Steve's announcement. It is hard to imagine how somebody I have never physically met could have such a profound impact, but George did just that, on the brighter side, all the earthly pain and struggles he had to recently endure are completely gone and he is the very presence of the God he loved and served, completely healed. I do look forward to meeting him again, and when we do I doubt we will discuss talking communities, but our conversation will focus on something much greater. Clyde Foley. Oh, man. That is so sad. I was wondering how he was doing. Now I'm feeling guilty that I didn't follow up with him more. He called me quite a few times over the holidays. Sometimes at odd hours, probably just lonely. We talked, but I didn't follow up and reach back out to him as I look up to heaven. George, I'm sorry I should have talked to you more in your last days and weeks. Clint Clark. Please send me the information regarding the celebration of George's life. I'm glad you are going to do this. George called me and wished me a Merry Christmas. He said he was going to visit his grandson, I think. Or maybe it was his grandchildren. I hope he had a wonderful time. Thank you for doing this for George. He was and is a wonderful person. God bless, Ren Langley. I'm so very sorry to hear about George's death. He was always a ray of sunshine in a dark world. I will miss his humor and dedication to good news. Please keep me posted about the online memorial service. I will definitely plan to attend the event and to speak for a few minutes about my five-year phone relationship with George should you need me to do so. My kindest regards. Ellen Troyer. I only had one conversation with George, but he was the kind of person you never forgot. Keep me posted on the memorial service online. Lois Bendix. This is very sad news. George was so personable and friendly to everyone. He was a visionary and a pioneer with web conferencing and all that it could offer. He understood the importance of multifaceted online communication and worked to provide it for all people. I would like to attend the online celebration of George's life, if my schedule permits. Please keep me informed. Sandy Smith. This was expected but I'm very sad tonight. I'm glad I made the trip to visit George in the Springfield Hospital, because it confirmed that he really was the unique human being I thought he was. 
Thank you for passing this news along, and please keep in touch with me about the online celebration. Best wishes, Ken Roberts. I'm so saddened by this news. I've only talked to George by phone and through talking communities but knew from my contact with him that he was a truly remarkable individual and one of the good guys of the world. My condolences to all who had the privilege of working with him. Please do let me know when the online celebration will take place. Take read. I'm so sorry to hear the very sad news. Please do keep me posted as to the time of the memorial. Thank you. Teresa Duncan. Hi, first of all let me say I'm so sorry to hear about George, but I know he is feeling a lot better now. Jim Ruby. What a sad news. I don't know how to say this in English besides. I'm with you and all the talking community crew. I send you my condolences. George with Norman Dick is a very special person in my life. I'm glad that God gave me the chance to say it to him the last time we talked. Marissa Miranda. I'm not a person that cries but when I read of George's passing I broke down. Point. Though George and I never met physically we probably knew each other about as well as anybody could. Having spent literally thousands of hours on the phone together, I loved him as much as my own brother, and will miss him always, point. As Steve said, George was a person who always tried to make sure that the other guy got more out of the relationship than he himself did. It takes a big man to give more of himself than he has. If you are reading this George, I love you man, and we'll see you soon. Kevin Q. Oh, I can't help crying, God bless you for supporting my friend, I would love to be involved in whatever memorial is arranged, Norm Coons. This is a tough day for all of us. My sympathies to each of you, as you mourn our mutual loss of George. George's faith in Christ's redemptive power was not unknown to any of us. Amidst the suffering, he often shared words to the effect, I'm so excited to see Jesus, that I very much want to get better alive longer. Well, he's with his word now. I'm sure none of us can begin to imagine what he's experiencing even now, point. I can't help but be reminded of 1 Corinthians 2 colon 9, a quote from Isaiah 64 colon 4. I hasn't seen nor heard, nor has entered into man's heart, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God be with us all, as we go through this time, point, Lauren Bergstrasser. Yes, it's sad to hear about his passing and George will be greatly missed by the blind community especially. He did many great things for us. Yes, keep me updated as to what will be held for his passing. Rick Harmon. Please accept my deepest sympathies for your loss. Best regards, Carrie Bradshaw. I'm so sorry to hear about the passing of George. He was a great person. I did have the privilege of talking with him several times since the start of talking communities. He will be missed. Please send on my best wishes to his family. Sincerely, Terry A. Martin. I'm so sorry to hear this sad news. 
As you know, I had some wonderful conversations, one was over another, and it seemed early minutes, with George. He will be very missed, because he truly touched so many lives in the most memorable way, through authenticity. I would like it very much, if you would include me in on any online community remembrances. I have no doubt that he is now with the higher community. Karen McKinney. George was a great guy. He will be missed. Joanne Ritter.